0: Plasma Advent Calendar Day 24. Moby Dick by Herman Melville. I've only read this book right the way through once. I've otherwise dipped into it and made several false starts about reading it. When I first read it, it made a big impression on me, and I think one of the reasons is it meshes really well with some other ideas I have for waterborne adventures. I'll talk about the first thing about being on a ship just briefly. The crew of the Peacord are isolated on the ocean, and you know you can imagine being a sailor in those conditions, where the only people you interact with are the rest of the crew. Um, the direction of the ship is at the whim of a captain who, you know, in Moby Dick, Ahab is hell bent on revenge, and that clouds probably his better judgment, um, and he does incentivize the crew to pursue Moby Dick. But that overall arc isn't the most interesting thing I find about the book. What I do find mostly is the culture of the seagoing vessel, what they do day to day, the little episodic bits, which there's a, looking on um, the synopsis on on the Wikipedia page, uh, it notes the number of different literary devices that um, Melvin employs and the variety of encounters that happens. But throughout all of this, you've got, an isolated little community of sailors travelling around at the behest of the captain. They're out in the open ocean. They can go up onto the deck and they can look around them and everything around them is going to be water. And I, I found that incredibly powerful for you know the, the, the sense of the, you know, the elemental nature of the sea and the fact that you're just sitting on top of that you can't get away from it at all. And you know there are fathoms and fathoms of water below you. And there may be whales or other gigantic things. And the other part I liked about it was the um, the numerous meetings they have with other ships. And the way they communicate. So you imagine how that works. The, your, your crew are going to be totally ignorant of what's going on on land apart from any news they get from other vessels. And that is their life. So you've got um, very limited information. I think that that in itself is pretty gameable, that you can have a mission which is waterborne, and you can have um, you can interact with other humans who are also on craft when you meet them. And that is going to be the source of your information. So you will get... Um, you might get sort of hints and rumours, you might hear where they've come from about certain islands or or, or whatever. And of course in Moby Dick it, it it goes all over the place from I think it's you know, starts in the North Atlantic and I think they go all the way south round the bottom of Africa and then into the Pacific and close to the equator. And of course the overall arc is the you know, where's the whale? We're looking for the whale. But it was mostly the sort of the, the sense of the day-to-day life that really got to me, and the idea about um, what's it like to be on the open ocean, and you can't see any land in any direction. In a related thing, I've been really interested in archipelagos for ages. Um, I love Christopher Priest's Dream Archipelago. I love the idea of an archipelago-based setting. I actually wrote one. Uh, it's called the Haunted Empire, and the idea is it's chain of islands that um, stretches from north to south. Then east is what is called uh, the Haunted Empire, and it's the mainland which nobody goes to. And then west is the open ocean, which also nobody ventures there because there is um, nobody builds craft big enough or, or um, nobody chooses to travel in that direction because they can't carry enough provisions or, or there's no need to. Now, the other thing I liked about archipelagos um, is the sense of the, the discrete islands you'll get all the way throughout. And the fact that you can get islands that are relatively close together, but because they are separated by a body of water, they don't get um, intermixing of people unless those people choose to go across the water. So you can get islands which haven't, haven't been seen for a, for a long time. Um, that there are only rumours about them. Maybe people believe they're haunted. Maybe they have weird flora and fauna or are um, uh, the seat of a forgotten god. Um, Or maybe they're a base for pirates or something like that. Um, So I, I generally think an archipelago is quite a rich setting and way more interesting than what is the equivalent, which is obviously a spaceship going through a star map. The thing about an archipelago is it is like everyone lives under the same sky, everyone knows the same sea. And the relationship with the sea is not going to be the same as the relationship with the void, for example. There are a couple of bits of fiction that really influenced me for Archipelagos. One of them is Zelda The Wind Waker. It's my favorite Zelda game. Uh, It's beautifully cel-shaded. It was on the GameCube originally. I think they remastered it for one of the newer Nintendo consoles. What I really loved about it was the map, uh, the the sailing map. And um, you just sailed around the map, drew more bits of the map, and encountered more islands, and you could find things on the islands. So the idea is that you had to cross the sea to get to these other locations, and then you had adventures on the islands. And in some ways, you you would also act as a sort of postal service, um, or you would be a means of communication between islands. Um, I've mentioned. I think I mentioned uh, Christopher Priest's Dream Archipelago. Uh, the other bit of uh, fantasy, seafaring archipelago type, f- um, fiction, is the TV series of Sinbad, which only lasted one season. I think it was all filmed in Malta, and um, I don't think it was terribly well received. But I loved the premise, which was partly that Sinbad couldn't. Um, ever spend the night on an island? It has to. Uh, he had to go back to sea. I also loved the crew of characters on the ship, and um, and the the way that they would visit individual islands, and each island would have something interesting about them that was enticing or magical or a potential threat. So there'd be a reason for visiting each place. I got serious Robin of Sherwood vibes from Sinbad. I don't know if that's a fair comparison, but it was like it was the same kind of thing. Um it was like the, the historical adventure, but it also had a magical element to it. But one thing about Sinbad, of course, is if it has a mechanism whereby Sinbad can't stay the night on an island because he's wearing this, this magical necklace, then of course he's forced back onto the uh the ship each time. I think I've got that on Blu-ray somewhere. I should watch that again. Anyway I wrote a playset for Beyond the Wall called Beyond the Waves. I wrote six playbooks, which I was quite pleased about them. I, I included people who had basically drowned and then come back to life. Um, they were the returned. and That was partly inspired by, um, oh, was it? I think it's a French film where people who died came back to life just into, the, into a version. They were sort of slightly different. Yeah, that's right. It's called The Returned, and I think there was originally a film, but the um the TV series around 2012, and I think Mogwai did the soundtrack, if I remember. Anyway, that, that kind of playbook was based on that. It's the idea that um, people had died and died at sea, and then for some strange reason, they would arrive on an island without their memories, but seemingly fully intact. And, uh, and so that, that was, I was quite pleased with that playbook. There are a couple of others. Uh, one was a pearl diver. Oh, I, I need to dig this out. I was quite pleased with the, um, the random tables I wrote for Generating Islands. You know, the idea about whether they're small, medium, or large. What the coastlines looked like from the outside. Uh, if there's anything weird about the surrounding waters. Um, and then the other thing that I did for that um, that sort of setting was the idea of leviathans and what leviathans are so i i am attracted to moby dick for the idea about being on the open ocean and just something absolutely huge being under the water somewhere and you always suspect that it's out there and you can imagine the origin of a lot of um water based gods for that uh, the leviathans in um, in the haunted empire setting were kind of, well, they, they were they were omens, really. And it might be good luck when you saw one, or it might be absolutely awful. And it depended where you are, where you were, and the kind of leviathan you saw. And different people would worship them in different ways. It's riffing a lot off the sandworms in Dune as well, you know, the sort of whole thing about revering Shai Hulud. Uh, although they wouldn't be as present in the narrative. But once again... I wanted this idea about, you know, crossing the water is dangerous or it involves a certain amount of risk. So there are incentives to cross the water. And when you're on the water, things happen. Um, and people are used to travelling across the waters in order to communicate and to trade. And so you have a, a sort of a water-based community where, where they form, you know, the tribes of people who will uh, live their life on the water. And I think I even had some characters who would only exclusively live on water. And there's a differentiation between the peoples who colonised the island and were static and the people who would travel around the islands for whatever reason and and only live on their rafts or boats. So it's kind of ironic in that maybe Dick has in some ways been my white whale for the, the podcast and I'd never sat down long enough to read it in order to make a decent episode of it. I might do that one day. Um I wouldn't hold your breath. But um I'm remembering just how much I enjoy it. But I think what I'm mostly going to do is, is dig into my gaming modes for Beyond the Waves and see if I can turn that into something a bit more coherent. Anyway, it's the twenty-fourth. Let's open the last window. Oh, it's a little jar of ambergris. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with that. Um Or maybe I'll work it into Christmas lunch tomorrow. Alright, thank you for listening and I hope you have a great celebration with your family tomorrow and I'll see you around. Bye. Victor Plasm Podcast. Words by Ralph Lovegrove. Music by Chris Zabriskie. Find out more at VictorPlasm.net